Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Welcome everybody to another edition of Two Guys in a Mic. I am one of your hosts, RP. And I'm your more handsome host, Big Sean. How's everything going, Big Ron? <laughs> everything is going. Uh-oh. Everything is going. And that right as we start, Atlanta in the in the in the bottom of the eighth just hit another home run. So they so have two, two they have two nothing. Uh I think that I think I think they might be getting ready to take a two-one lead. But uh I'm doing well, bro. Um just came back from <clears throat> having a meal with the wife and you know just chilling out. Uh got a few things uh that had me a little wired earlier, but I'll talk we'll you know we'll get into that in a little bit. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Um just excited about this game Sunday. Um you know, so still a week is always a big week. And this game carries a lot of, you know, of importance for the Browns, you know, being where we are division-wise and the standings and what's going on. So it's a big game. And um, I'm excited for it, looking forward to it. Yeah, I, you know what? Again, I, I totally agree. Getting the opportunity to get into the, the uh, I think I called it the meet last last week. Getting into the meat of, of the season, uh, getting into the to the AFC North. This is actually kind of late for us. We usually start out either the first game of the yeah. season, like second game, and we're already you know having at least one game, if not two games or whatever. And so it's it's been a, I mean for us to be relatively halfway through the season and not played a, a, a division game is crazy. So I'm anxious to see how we do. Uh, against this team. I'm anxious to see how important we take this game because uh, it's it's a division game. And I, again, I got some things to say about a bunch of that stuff. So uh, other than that, everything good? Mom's good? Grandma's good? Yeah, everything's good? good on my end. I hope everything's good on your end as well. So far, so good, man. I can't complain yeah. at all. Um, so Let's cut to the chase, man. Let's go ahead and get into uh, what is. This actually it's weird because, as you can see, I'm 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 all uh, Ohio Stated out. So we play uh, Ohio State plays Penn State this weekend. A pretty solid game within the Big Ten. Uh, you know, Penn State is in the heart, in the midst of Pennsylvania, in the hills. And then we turn around and we play uh, Pittsburgh on Sunday. So it's it's like. Ohio versus Pittsburgh all weekend. Uh, so it'll, it, it, you know, again, I'm pretty excited. I'm expecting to come out 2-0. That's my expectation. But that doesn't mean that the potential of coming out 2-0 doesn't come with some levels of trepidation. So we're going to start with the Browns like we normally do. Uh, I know most folks that follow us or that at least listen to, to us, they know I'm pretty much a, a note guy i like my notes i like to to kind of follow a certain pattern and what i do because i don't want to forget things and i don't want to misspeak i always like to have some good information that's one of the things i like about having sean on the show because sean is real big about information as well 
Today I'm off the cuff, man. See, I got my hat to the back. Kind of got a little, kind of got a little style on my face. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit turned up, man. And you would think I would just be only turned up about it being still a week, but I'm turned up about a few other things. Um, so the meat and potatoes, man. The AFC North, the two bottom dwellers of the AFC North, Cleveland Browns, and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are meeting on Sunday here in my hometown, uh, the best location in the nation, in downtown Cleveland uh, at First Energy Stadium. And honestly, it's a game that whether you look at it on paper or whether you look at it from the standpoint of the two teams as they're as they are, the Browns are the better team. This is a game that we should come out with a victory, just looking at it from what has been presented uh, in the first couple of weeks of the season and on paper. Am I right or am I wrong? No, you absolutely right. So on paper, the Browns should definitely win this game. Pittsburgh is on the decline, um, but still have a good coaching staff. Great coach and staff. like me, I never, uh, especially this at this point in time in history, I never take a Steelers game for granted. I don't take divisional nope. games for granted, period. Nope. nope. At all. So I definitely don't take the Steelers lightly, no matter how bad they play, no matter who, who's that quarterback, Mason Rudolph, Duck Rogers, whatever his name was, you know, or Big Ben. I take these games seriously because this is this is a rivalry and it's a division game. Now, Pittsburgh I like to tell you that is not a robbery anymore because of the way that they dominated us over the last 20 years. But the way that they play us, the way that Mike Tomlin coaches against us, and you can, in the way that he talks to his team, you know, pre and post game, I've listened to what he said. When they play the Browns, he's always like, it's a divisional game. It's a rival game. And they've always taken this game seriously, no matter what the fans say or whatever the national media says, you know, in regards to robbery. It's a rivalry game every game in the afc north is a rivalry game period point blank so can't can't take this game lightly at all no i mean and uh glad you said it that way i'm glad you said or brought up uh the coach you know uh, mike tomlin if he goes for any other team he'd be one of my favorite coaches but the fact that he coaches for uh, Pittsburgh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna even almost attempt to act like I like this dude. Um, I hate him because he's a Pittsburgh Steelers coach. Uh, I and I also hate him not just because he's a Pittsburgh Steelers coach, but he's a Pittsburgh Steelers coach that's actually pretty good at what he does. Um, he has a full understanding of what should be happening in these games. Last year. One of my big rants, Sean, you, I don't know if you remember this uh, in, in the specifics that I'm getting ready to go into. But last year, one of my big rants was something that Kevin Stefanski said about each game being a different game and, you know, yada, 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 there, another opponent. And he was talking about, at that time, he was talking about the Ravens. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And, like, and, we got into it pretty bad that day, too. Man, I, I was so I was so pissed off at that statement. Right. I was so agitated by that statement. So why am I agitated by that statement? Did you hear what this dude? And I know Sean has. I ain't talking about you. 
I mean, you, the, the proverbial you that are Cleveland Browns fans that think maybe I'm being too, or going too far or, or being too hard. Did you hear what Mike Thomas said? He said, man, I don't care who the, who the quarterback is. We're preparing the exact same way. I know these guys know this stuff. I know these guys do these things this way. I know they got a great running game. They got a really good offensive line. We got to do this. We got. He talked on a level of absolute respect. He didn't talk like, oh, this is just another game. Because he understands that to, to get to the playoffs and to have a decent seating in the playoffs and even to play well in the playoffs, whether you're on the road or at home, you're, gonna, you're probably going to see one of these teams. One of the four of these teams is going to the playoffs, right. and you probably are going to see one of the four of these teams that are in the AMC North. He understands that. And I, I know Kevin Stefanski plays a lot of stuff close to the best, and he may say some different stuff behind closed doors. But the truth of the matter is, it is nothing wrong with having a chip on your shoulder. Guess what? Guess what New England's record is against Miami? Something absolutely yeah, ridiculous. Crazy. You yeah. know why? Because he's like, man, I'm not losing these divisional games. I remember the one. Remember the one year. It's, it was probably like three, four years ago. My, uh, I think they were. I think New England was something like. I think they were something like like two and three, and then like they started into their divisional play. And they just started beating the crap out of everybody in the division. It didn't matter what they was doing against the other guys. We're not losing to y'all. Division games, as Sean said in the opener of the show, this is what matters. The division is what matters. So we're, we're yeah, for, yeah, because for, for one, when you play in division games, you double dipping. So one is right. a divisional game. Two is a conference right. game. Thank you, because I was I was getting ready to go into that. Absolutely correct. You 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 lose ground in the AFC in the conference, but you also lose ground in the division if you lose these games. We don't have time to be losing these uh, ground in e either of those. We've already had too many losses in the AFC. Games that we could have won and probably should have won. And now we're starting into the division uh and we cannot lose these games. And for the first time in a long time, I said this before the season started, I'm saying it again today. For the first time in a long time, I'm not worried about the Steelers. For the first time in a long time, I'm like, this is a game that we can definitely win. No matter who's the starting quarterback, no matter if we got Chubb and Hunt, no matter if we have Chubb and uh, De'Ernest, like, I'm, I don't think it matters. If we play the way that we are capable of playing, this is a game that we should and definitely can win. So now here, here comes the, the caveat. Can we and will we? What are we going to see on Sunday? What's going to happen on Sunday? And how do you feel, Sean, going into Sunday uh, based on kind of the, the the people that are returning, there's some folks that are returning from injury. Uh, Nick Chubb, as I mentioned a little bit ago, mm -hmm. uh, is coming back from uh, his his uh, calf injury. Uh, we have uh, supposedly, um, I know they, I think he was still listed questionable 
when I looked a little bit earlier, but from what I understand, he he should play. OBJ should play on on Sunday, and so should uh, uh, Juice Landry, and of course. Yeah. And, and so, what's his name? Uh, I keep saying what's oh, his name. Uh, Jack Con- uh, Jack Conklin. So so we'll have our full offensive line healthy. Um, this will be the first time that OBJ and Juice played plays together all year. Uh, we're going to miss Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's going to hurt a little bit. Um, and, of course, we know that Kareem is out and then Dennis Award is out. And probably Clowney, too, the way it's looking. And that's big. Yeah, that, um, that, that, that blows bigger than most of the other injuries, actually. Yeah, it does. Right. Right. Um, here, here's my thing. I feel good about the game as long as Stefanski is consistent with his game plan. Um. You saw the way he called that game against Denver. And I would like for him to call like a similar game, Um, you know, rely on the run game. Okay. You bring in Baker back, you know, we all know about his injured left shoulder. Um, And I think calling again, you know, a simple game plan will help him out. Um, Just like he helped Case Keenum get into a little bit of a rhythm early with some easy passes. Um, You should do the same thing with Baker. Um, but we all know that Stefanski has a tendency sometimes, you know, to get a little excited. He has to go down, you know, you know what I mean? And it's not that his, his play calling is awful. What did you say? Get, get a little excited. <laughs> he get a little excited. He wants to do too much sometimes. And the thing is, Stefanski rarely calls a crappy game the whole, you know what I'm saying? He's not, he's, He's a decent, a pretty good play caller for the most part. Um, a lot of times, I know that you were getting on him last year, some other points of time this year, and a lot of that wasn't necessarily that he called a, a, a bad play. A lot of it that we didn't execute at times. But in your defense, you know, what you were saying, sometimes just keep it simple. Don't do too much when you don't have to. And I think right now the way that we are, you know, injury-wise – and you know where Baker is right now. We need to keep things simple because you want to protect your quarterback. And I don't even mean physically. You want to protect him mentally too. So I think he needs to. Just like in basketball, sometimes when you're in a slump, sometimes you just need the ball. See the ball going a hole. It can be on a free throw, layup, put back, anything like that. Kind of just to get you restarted. And, and I think practice, that's like, what, you know, like in a, in a, in a yeah. warmups, you see, you hit two or three in a row in the warmup, and you ain't. You in the slump, you say to yourself, like, man, maybe tonight's tonight. Yeah. Maybe it's tonight I break out the slump. Right. And, I think, and I think with Baker, he needs just to, you know, get, to do some simple stuff. You ain't got to do nothing too fancy, man. Just rely. You got Chubb coming back, and you got the owners behind him. Just rely on that running game, man. Because one thing, Pittsburgh, I know they got a, a good defense, but they don't stop the run well. I need to look at the stats. Um, they rush the passer well, but they don't, I don't think they necessarily are that great against the run. And uh, let's play some ball. It's, it's supposed to be a weather game, too. You might have a little rain. So let's just keep the game plan simple. And I look at it this way, man. Let's get through because the Browns are going through a gauntlet. Really, this whole season, this whole schedule, when you look at it from beginning to end, is a gauntlet. We, we've said this for years, Sean. Nobody ever gives us the credit for this, but you and I know as well as anybody, 
they never give the Browns an easy schedule. Like even last year's schedule, when it first came out, wasn't an easy schedule. It just kind of turned into one. Um, you know, because some of the teams that we thought or people thought were going to be better just weren't as good as, as you know, maybe because of injury. Right. Some guys had opted out, uh, you know, due to COVID and whatnot. So the teams weren't at 100% speed throughout the entire season. And we were, you know, we kind of lucked up and, and, and caught them on those weeks. But one of the signs of a stable team is to beat whoever's in front of you if you're better than them. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that was where we were last year. This year, we're in, in, you know, in this climb trying to come out of the, the middle of the road. But the, the truth of the matter is that four and three, guess what? We're right at the middle of the road. Um, and this is and really, and really the Browns are only one game out of having the best record in the AFC. I mean, everybody's like five and two, four and three. Absolutely. Um, you know, so that makes this game like even even bigger. And and, and, I'm and, to, and and my mindset is, let's keep things simple as we start to get healthier. Let's get through one game at a time, man. You know what I'm saying? Because you got big game after big game after well, big game. Well, they got to take it one game at a time. However, you also have to understand, going back to what you said at the top of the show, bro, we're – the next two games are in the division. Actually, three out of the next four games are within the division. Actually, four out of the next five games are in the division. <laughs> like, we, bro, we have to play ball. We got to play ball. Like, we got to be centered, and we got to be focused, and we have to be prepared. We can't be figuring out what's happening and, uh, one of Stefanski's favorite uh, quotes is, oh, you know, we'll, we'll go back and look at the tape and figure it out. We, we're past that at this point, man. You got to know what's happening, and you can't keep taking these losses, and we can't keep taking these games, uh, you know, lightly. We, like, at some point, we got to put some pressure on ourselves and see, uh, you know, as, as we all know that old adage, man, pressure cooks hand. So, what you gonna do? Yeah, and and I don't think the Browns are gonna come out lightly at all. I don't think they're gonna take this game for the other thing. I, you know, as hard as I am on folks, and I don't really think I'm hard on folks. I think I'm just honest. I don't. I'm. I'm. As I said a couple weeks ago, I'm done with the excuses. I ain't making excuses for nobody because I want the team to start to play with that mentality of no excuses. Everybody's hurt. Everybody goes through a lull in the season. Everybody does. The great teams, the good teams, which is why you've only had two undefeated teams in a in a regular season. Mm-hmm. Because it's so hard to go through a season. Everybody, I mean, go through a season and, and be great in every single game. You're gonna have those bad games. If you watched the game last night, uh the, the you know the, the 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 Cardinals, that wasn't the same Cardinals teams that we saw. That wasn't the same Cardinal team that you've seen for the last seven weeks, eight weeks. But they had that one off night, and it cost them uh, being undefeated. So saying all that to say, the one thing I know about Kevin Stefanski, I've, I've said this for the last couple of weeks, I'll probably continue to say this, 
I love how this guy prepares the team, especially after losses. I love how this guy generally game plans and scripts his plays. He's honestly one of the best. Generally, when we come out in the scripted play mode, the first 15 to 20 plays of a game, man, we usually take the ball up and down and up and down the field. It's the middle parts towards the end parts of the game uh, that I always question because there's always things in there that I'm, I'm questioning. You know, sometimes going forward on the fourth down instead of taking the field goal, uh-huh. little, little things like that. Like the get, that goes less into game uh, play scripting and goes more into game management. I'm not 100% sure about his game management skills. Um, and that's okay. I mean, that's fine. It, it, nobody's perfect, right? That's why you have these other guys on the team as associate coaches or, excuse me, assistant coaches and other assistants to help you with that stuff. Sean noted a couple of weeks ago or last week that he finally started to look a little more flexible. Um, and he bent a little bit last week, I believe, in the uh, in the Broncos game. I'm hoping that that bending and that flexible uh, motion is something that's going to be more regular as we move forward because you're going to have to be. The tape is out on this team. We ain't surprising nobody like we did last year. So now we just got to punch people in the mouth. Now we have to be the Mike Tysons uh, of, of the world. You know I got a good uppercut. You know I'm a, I'm a peekaboo fighter. You know I'm coming with this hook. Right, because what, what Pittsburgh is going to do, Pittsburgh most likely is going to bring guys down in the box and try to make us throw the ball downfield. That's what I'm guessing. I would um, that they're going to do. I would, and but I think that we still have to stick with our run game, even if it may not be successful at first. Even if you're only getting you know two and three yards at first. It's not about what you do at the beginning. It's all about the attrition at the end and wearing them down at the third and fourth quarter. Because yep. Chubb always he's going he's going to break one at some point, no matter what you y'all. Know, no matter what you do, he's going to break one off. And now you got your full complement of your offensive lineman back. Um, you know, I think we just just keep the game plan simple and it's kind of be, be physical with them. Yeah, and I think we can, especially you got on the edges now. With Conklin coming back, uh, and with uh, Jedrick, you know, being back, now, you know, with TJ, man, we you want to be aggressive, go ahead, because we run it on this play. So come on, rush up the field, and now you're talking about Nick Chubb. If he can get past that first line of guys, if it's eight, nine guys in the box, I don't know who those other three to four guys are going to be. But he's probably going to beat them to wherever they, wherever he needs to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's a perfect matchup for us if we can get past. Because these guys are going to blitz. They're going to show blitz. And I'm going to tell you something else. They already know that Baker is not really good against the blitz. So they're going to show blitz even if they don't blitz. Because Baker makes bad decisions when he's being blitzed. Whether it's a, a turnover or whether it's a throwaway or whether it's a bad pass. The you know uh, everybody knows this stuff. It's, we know it. You and I know it. So I know that somebody who's paid to know it knows it. So I'm not going to be surprised that they show a lot of 
blitzes and a lot of different kinds of blitzes and a lot of exotic looks. They're going to try to confuse Baker. They're going to try to uh, befuddle right. him and make him have to make a play. And there's a reason that they're trying to make this dude have to make a play because this year, I've been saying it all, all year long, and I know I've been picking and poking, but I'm really saying this stuff because I see it, not because I'm coming after Baker Mayfield. He hasn't done anything incredible this year to make anybody say, uh, you know, oh, we got to play back or we got to do this, we got to do that. They're like, shit, show me. Show right. me. I expect Pittsburgh to be very aggressive on both sides of the football. Absolutely. Um, they're they going to pull out the trick bag, um, flea, flick, flea flickers, um, whatever. Because to them, it's desperation time. They have this a must-win game for them, just like it is for us. And they're coming in with an added chip on their shoulder. And I hope that the Browns coaching staff has, you know, put that in their head. Look, they're going to pull out all the stops. They're going to try and do anything they can to win this football game. And it's going to be a super, super hostile environment. Come, the yeah. stadium is going to be jacked. Yeah, these cats, so these cats ain't forgot. These cats ain't forgot. We beat them two weeks in a row. Even though they set us up for the first loss by not playing their starters, but we still beat them. And then we went down, uh, you know, down seventy six a little ways and and beat the brakes off of them on national TV in the playoffs. And they probably still think some of that is fluky because I heard some of the Pittsburgh radio guys today say that um, the last game of the season, they were like, man, the Browns didn't play that well. They were lucky to win that game. Um, and in a way, I don't think we were lucky to win that game. This Mason Rudolph played better. Well, I kind of knew Mason Rudolph would play better than what Big Ben would have shown at, at that point in time because Ben wasn't playing well you know towards the end of the season because of the injuries or whatnot so i kind of expected especially with our our defense the way it was i expected mason rudolph to have a decent game but at no point in time did i think that pittsburgh was going to win the game but some of them think probably that okay it's still fluky it's still the browns there's they're, they're still kind of not proving themselves yet on a consistent basis and you know they probably still think they're big brother so you know, yeah. we'll see how all this plays out. Man. But my key is just just keep the game plan simple on offense. Be aggressive on defense, man. Don't sit there and play no soft zone and all of that, man. Press, you know, get up, press coverage, bring some heat on Ben. He can't move. You know what I'm saying? Big Ben is not the same guy. He can't shake off those tackles like he used to. And he's going to give you some opportunity. He's going to he's going to throw some some horrible passes at some point in the game. Um, for interceptions, and you have to take advantage of those, you know, when those opportunities arise. So I want to see, I know they're going to be aggressive. I want us to be aggressive as well, you know. Uh, keys to the game. Well, one of the keys to the game is going to have to be protecting uh, the quarterback that shouldn't be playing football this way. <laughs> and that's Baker Mayfield. I think, and, and we're gonna get into this quickly. Uh, uh, go ahead. You know what? You might no, as well. You no, might as well go ahead and get it out now. No, let me let me finish with my. my <laughs> we're gonna stay. We're gonna stay within the 
structure of what the show is going to be. But then we're gonna, I got I to gotta deviate. So protecting the quarterback that should not be playing this week is one of the keys. you got to protect this guy. So whether it's going super run heavy, um, whether it's because to me, you can you can run the ball without running the ball. Go back to the old San Francisco team right. week with short passes. Uh, what we saw last week uh, that uh, Case Keenum did real well, a lot of screen passes, a lot of dump offs. Those things are runs as well because you're only throwing the ball uh, within five yards of the line of scrimmage, uh, from the line of scrimmage to five yards out, and then they just make whatever else happens happen. All of that stuff protects your quarterback. So we have to do those things really, really well, especially as we speak on the remainder of the season. If you're going to put this guy out there, you cannot you cannot have him hurt, hurt every week or questioning if he's going to play every single week. You got to have him healthy, upright, and he's got to have some level of confidence so you got to protect him because that's not, like you said earlier, not just a, 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 a physical protection and a, and a physical confidence. He has to have some mental confidence, too. You know what I mean? He has to understand, like, feel like, man, y'all ain't getting to me because my guys got me or my coach and our game planning has me. And I'm going to make sure that we do all of the things correctly. So that's number one. You got to protect this group. Secondly, we got to run the football and run the football and run the football. For the last two years, if there's one thing I've said on this show, if there's one thing I've said on Facebook, if there's one thing I've said in bars, uh, if there's one thing I've said on the streets of Cleveland, if <laughs> it's that we should run the football in any and every opportunity that we get. Run the ball. It's what we do best. There aren't many guys, excuse me, there aren't many teams that have three to four guys that can get you 100 yards a game or close to 100 yards a game. So, again, this goes right back into protecting your quarterback. We have two guys that are capable of getting solid numbers. We already know about Nick Chubb. He's one of the best backs in the league. It's probably only two or two, maybe three that you can consider better than him. I think Chubb is the best back in the league. I, I, I think so too. But if somebody else brings up other guys, I'm, I'm not going to argue as long as they're the right guys. If you're telling me. Yeah, you know, people, the consensus would be Derrick Henry. I you mean, know, Derrick Henry get 40 carries. I, mean, I, said, Travis, I said Travis Henry. <laughs> <laughs> I meant Derrick Henry. <laughs> For y'all who don't know, Travis Henry uh, was like half the size of Derrick Henry, <laughs> and he right. used to play for the Browns. But uh, yeah, Derrick Henry, I'll I'll give Zeke when Zeke is on. Zeke is, is is a monster. He hasn't played that way recently, and I would argue with guys that think in this moment. But Zeke has had more years behind him than than uh, yeah. yeah. So I would give. But again, you got to bring up the right guy. You can't just throw out a name because Chubb plays for the Browns and say, "Oh no, he's better than 
No, he's not. So we have two guys that will show up on Sunday that will be in that backfield that if they can stay healthy, are capable of running for 100 yards apiece, uh, are capable of catching out of the backfield, and are capable of causing problems uh, to the Pittsburgh defense. So uh, that's my second thing. We got to run the ball. We got to think run heavy. And defensively, uh, there is no uh, juju. So you really have a situation where you don't have that guy going over the top of you that's really going to take your complete top off. But I agree with you, you cannot get into these situations where you're okay being 10 to 12, 15 yards off the damn ball on third down and seven. Like we have to screw that whole zone thing and start to be a little more aggressive. So I'm looking for some levels of aggressiveness to keep us with an edge because we don't know how Baker's going to play. So you can't just turn that thing over to the offense and say, oh, yeah, the offense will do this for us. The defense has to be the defense, and they have to be stalwarts at some point in the game to stop whatever, even though it's not that great. We got to stop whatever those do. We got to thwart those guys. This has to be one of those games where we kind of make the statement that y'all not better than us type of thing. And that needs to be something that's permeating through the coaching staff into right. uh, into the players, man. Like, guys got to be sick of being sunned or being talked down to. I know we all heard what you said last year, Nate. They, they showed up. They, they played well. But here we are again. You think it's over with? You think now that that happened that now they, they quit? No, right. we got to keep showing them. We got to keep doing it. So those are my three. Uh, specific keys to the game. Um, I don't score wise. I think we. I think we walk out of there with a, a relatively close um, twenty four to seventeen win. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Browns twenty seven, Steelers thirteen. Similar. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Similar. Same thought process. I don't think I, – I mean, I think it'll be points of the game where it gets a little close and it feels a little closer than it might actually be on the scoreboard. But if we do what we should do, well, I mean, hell, we could have scored 24 and, to 27 points last week. And, yeah, and one thing and one thing Baker is going to have to do, um, if the play is not there, just take the sack. Don't try to do too much on the go. You know, what the, the problem, you know, against uh, Arizona was he was trying to do too much, um, scrambling around in the pocket, you know, trying to make a play and then get hit from behind and fumbling the football. Um, and that's one thing we can't afford to do is turn the ball over. So if you don't see it there, either get rid of the ball, throw it away, or just tuck it and then just take the sack and live to see another day. I think that's one of the most underrated things in football is a quarterback just simply – sometimes taking a sack. I know people hate it because you lose yardage, it kills momentum or whatnot. Like I'm just going to slide yeah. down and take this sack and not take the, the actual hit. You know, like I'm not going to take that physical hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What, what the Trussell used to say, like the most important play in football is the punt. It's the punt. You know, 
sometimes it's better just especially if you're because I think our defense is going to play pretty well against Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be going up and down the field at will against us. So in that case, if your defense is holding you in the game, the offense don't don't do anything to put them and you know give them good field position with turnovers or anything like that. So just take the sack, throw the ball away, punt the football if necessary. We got to help the defense. I mean, if the defense is playing like we like we consider the defense can play. Because again, uh, Pittsburgh isn't a, a juggernaut offensively anymore. And the juggernaut matchup that you would see on paper is Roethlisberger to Smith-Schuster. That's not happening on Sunday. So, and that's what I was you know, trying to get to uh, a, a little bit ago. That ain't happening. So guess what? Here's a prime time, Joe Woods, to utilize pressure I, I know that in, in in other games he has decided this is a game where we can use a little pressure or this is a moment that we can use a little pressure or this team doesn't pose a threat that they uh that other teams pose so I'm going to take this chance now I think this is one of those games where this team doesn't pose offensively pose the 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 pressure that they've posed in the past I think their biggest threat is probably you know tight end so well, Ebron is you know Ebron is out too uh, well shoot I didn't know that Ebron was out so now yeah, guess he's what? Not playing so so guess what you need to treat these this offense like you treated Denver's offense you need to treat this offense like you treated the Bears offense Start sending guys because we can't keep waiting around and keeping teams in the games. And that, especially that, if Clown doesn't play, you're going to have to create pressure from that other side somehow. Right. You're going to have to create Pat McKinley may not play either. And not to, and, 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 and that's awful. But not to mention, you don't have your number one uh, cover guy. So you don't want to put guys in a position where there's not a lot of pressure and you got a Hall of Fame quarterback right? who can stand back there and figure out the timing patterns of what's going on. Yeah, because that's the last thing you want is for him to start getting comfortable and get into that's a rhythm. You do not want that at all. Like, as bad as he is, as bad and old and beat up as he is, he's still a savvy veteran that, you know, can, can, can put a game together. As a matter of fact, you know, Pittsburgh's won what's two in a row. They beat Seattle and they beat um, I forgot who else they beat. Yep. But uh, I mean, again, we were making fun of these guys. I know I was. Yeah. Right. Making fun of these guys early in the season, and and as of right now, whoever wins this game, who excuse me, whoever loses this game, is in last place. This exactly. is. This is. The Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl right now. <laughs> 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 Whoever loses and, this game lost the Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl. Uh, and and you're going to lose more ground because Cincinnati's going to win this week. They play the Jets. Oh, yeah. They might be, or they should yeah. win. They should win this week. Um, the Jets, they're so, gonna be, if Cincinnati loses to the Jets, then they are fraud. It's very because, possible. Uh, Listen, it happens, every, it, it happens every week where somebody loses a game that they shouldn't lose. I'm not suggesting that these guys are going to lose. I think 
that the Bengals will probably beat the entire breaks off of the Jets. However, well, because they get yeah. they get checks too. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I uh, will see. We'll see how that works well, out. Right but they just traded back for Joe Flacco because what's his name is hurt. What's their quarterback's name? Zach Wilson. Zach, He's out for a while. And whoever that backup, I forget who the backup is. Mike White. When they, He's off. When they said it, I, when they said it, I, first of all, I thought it was the old mayor for Cleveland. Uh, that was the first problem. I had. <laughs> and then when I looked him up, I realized I really don't know who this guy is. Like, I, it, you know, it wasn't like you said Colt McCoy or you said uh right. you know Jameis Winston when he was behind uh you know Breeze, Breeze. right I don't know who this guy is I didn't know who he was so if this is because they ain't starting Flacco they ain't starting Flacco they ain't trade Flacco this week to start Flacco they trade right. for him because he does kind of know the offense and it gives them a security blanket somebody who can figure it out if he has to so they're gonna start this kid so, yeah, I mean, I, and again, I agree with you. I think that the Bengals are probably going to beat the brakes off these guys. But you're defense, right, it's the NFL. And again, all those guys are, are going to be feasting, or, or that's the thought process. But you just never know. So I'm, I'm trying to be fair. Now, now to your point, last week I was listening to some pregame radio. Um, one of the national guys was talking about how He's talking about the Carolina Giants game. He said the Giants got all these people out. Saquon's out. Sterling Shepard's out. Daniel Jones will be running for his life. And he said this is a game where Carolina should be able to get, get it together and blow the Giants out. And next thing you know, happen. the Giants was up 25 to 3 yeah, in the third happen. quarter. It didn't happen. You know? And that's so like happened. you said, you never know. Now I would love for I would love for the Jets to uh beat the Bengals. And, and speaking of that, man, let, let me see that. I need to send a quick message to Cleveland fans because I think we got things twisted when it comes to who we should hate and the level of hate we should have for certain teams. <laughs> wait, I'm noticing. Wait, hold, on, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh my God. We, um, listen, I don't, I, I just, real quick caveat. I don't know if you guys know where this is going. I don't, I did not see this coming. I don't know where Shard is going with this. But I'm here to tell you because I can tell by the tone of his voice, it's going. It's getting ready to get ugly. Go ahead, homie. My bad. No, I'm not gonna get ugly. It's not. If I was, if I wasn't paying attention, if I wasn't paying attention, (laughs) it's not about to get ugly. I just noticed that for some reason we reserve all our hatred in the division now for Pittsburgh, and we think only for Pittsburgh. Yes, I'm noticing we're not, it's not as much vitriol for Cincinnati and Baltimore. And I need more of it. You classic example when we had the draft this year, right here in Cleveland. Okay. When Pittsburgh was on the clock, it was booze nonstop and it was beautiful. And I expect that we're going to give Cincinnati and Baltimore the same business. And we didn't. There were no booze when they were on the clock. I need equal vitriol for well, every bum. Listen, in the AFC North, for some reason, people aren't. I don't. We got a little bit more for, for Baltimore than we do Cincinnati, but Cincinnati is like kind of getting the pass nowadays. Oh no, 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 no! Listen, uh, and, and I can't for me saying I can't disagree with the whole of what you're saying. I don't know that that's something that people are doing. Um, 
I know where you and I come from. I know how we get down. Right. I know what our thought process is. We hate them all. Like, yeah, if was, listen, if it wasn't for a shame, if the Tennessee Titans hadn't changed their name 20-something years ago, or, or almost 15, 20 years ago, yeah. they hadn't changed their name, I'd still hate them. Because they were the Oilers back in the day for the right. for young folks that don't know. Uh, look, I still got a little bit of hate for Jacksonville because remember, when Jacksonville first came to the league, they were in our division too. Yeah, that's when we had that stupid six-team division. Yeah. And I it hate was all screwed up. I hate it. They exactly. beat our ass too. They used to kick the beat the shit out of us. But, but here's my thing, but watch. If the Browns beat Pittsburgh on Sunday, right? All over social media, everybody's gonna be making fun of Pittsburgh, you know, memes, putting up the score. Now the following week, if we beat Cincinnati, you won't hear nothing. You just hear like good win Browns, blah, 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 blah. And for wow. some reason, and there's not the hatred for Cincinnati. It should be. Anybody who, who wants to exist on my level, on Sean's level of love, hate, whatever, for uh, the Browns and, and, and with it, like if you want us to take you seriously. One of the reasons that, and I've said this before in the show, one of the reasons that Sean and I do a show together, together, is because literally I'm like, who going to check me? Ain't many people that's gonna check me. Seriously, Sean is, he might not actually say that, but his Sean's demeanor is who gonna check me? Sean can go unchecked, especially if he don't respect how intellectual you are in terms of what we're talking about. So whether it's the Browns, whether it's football in general, whether it's any level of sports, whether it's uh, world politics, if you don't have the same level, and we're we're Sean and I are pretty much the same type of guy. If you don't have what we have, I may not dog you out, but I don't have the same level of respect. You can't check me, dog. So right. I have this show with Sean so that as I'm talking and going berserk or going left or doing whatever I do, I got somebody that's my baseline. He's looking at me like, bro, cut it out. Like he he don't never get faded. Sean never gets faded. He I could yell, scream, holler. He'll hang up, and then I'll call him twenty minutes later. He like he like bro, cut it out. (laughs) 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 And it's not many people who can talk to me or to keep me in a you know together. It ain't many people that can do that, and vice versa. It's not many people that can debate back and forth with the type of people that we are. Okay, so if you want to exist in this pocket with us and have the same level of respect or or us have the same level of respect for you, you better figure out how to hate Cincinnati. Again, Sean and I will get into these stories uh, next week. Next week's midweek show, we should talk about the Cincinnati stuff, bro. Um, And maybe it's because Cincinnati's been pretty much just as bad as we have um man listen maybe that's why i don't i don't know you might be right because there's a lot of younger uh, people involved in this because i think i had to correct people like a few years ago when they when cincinnati was put to the playoffs you know they had uh you know dalton was playing halfway decent they had aj green and and those guys um they were like well 
since the Browns aren't in the playoffs, you know, Cincinnati's from Ohio, we can root for them. And I was like, well, no, the hell you can. No. You go right ahead. You go right ahead. And then you just go and buy you a damn uh, Bengals jersey for next season because you're not a Browns fan. Right. You can't, you can't root for them. I don't and the Baltimore thing is, I know most fans in Cleveland do not like the Ravens, but it's not the level of vitriol that I, you know what I'm talking about? Because we, because you get people, and I'm going to use a name. Normally, I don't use names. Normally, I don't use names when I talk about other platforms or other people on other platforms, especially locally. But I, I got this beef with a few of the local show contributors, and there's a few of them I can't stand. Goldhammer is one of them. But this other guy, Anthony Lyman, he's one of these guys that's like, but that's like, they were talking about this at one point, uh, the hatred that the, the older Cleveland fans have. And I'm only saying older. They didn't say older. I'm saying older. Right. That the older Cleveland Browns fans have for the Ravens was based in hatred for Modell. My thing was, what the hell else should it be based in? Yeah, exactly. Like that was the seed. And then you got the audacity to not just take my team and move my team, and now the team is a whole nother team, but these some bitches is really, really good, and they come here every year and kick the shit out of us. So, yeah, I got this hatred towards them. And they, like, and they like, won some championships. Hatred towards them. And they've been to two Super Bowls, and they won both Super Bowls. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. So to listen to some young punk try to tell me that, A, I'm old, number one, and I'm old, that's fine, but your, your start for this argument is that I'm old, I'm ready to punch you in the face already. Secondly, yeah. <laughs> you don't have the, the, the I don't want to say the manhood because that's, we live in such a soft time. Like you, it's certain stuff you just can't say and try to force on other people. You don't have the 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 courage. I'll say that to be angry with people who ain't angry with you. Sean, right. would you please tell these people who might listen to this show what I did in Baltimore as we were winning that game about three years ago? Yeah, this this fool was running, literally running through the concourses, flapping his wings, literally running. Like matter of fact, we didn't see him for about thirty minutes. Full we, 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 we took a little break. It was hot. M and T Bank Stadium, I believe. Yeah, it, it was hot as hell. So we went down in the concourse to cool off and had a drink, met up with you know some friends on there. We, we took kind of a you know, victory shots. Even though the game wasn't over yet, but we were beating them so bad. We were like, you know, let's go ahead and get our shots in now. And this fool disappeared for about 30 minutes. We had no idea where he was. And, and all of a sudden, around flapping his wings. But and, and, and to speak on that too, it's evidently, it's a generational thing of this robbery because some of the Baltimore fans couldn't understand why we were so, they, they, were, looking at they, they, they were like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, why are y'all so belligerent? Then and I was like, y'all don't know the history. They're like, y'all took our team. They're like, what are you talking about? We took your team. I was like, y'all used to be the Browns. And some of the, the, the younger people 
they were like dumbfounded. They was like, what you mean we used to be the Browns? You know like, y'all stole our football team. That's why we some hate y'all. Some of them don't know that the Colts were in Baltimore either because right. we were having that discussion with, with the guy at the, uh, when we were at the casino, remember? And he was yep. like, really? I didn't know that. I'm like, how did you know that? So I think it is a generational thing. I think it is a younger guy thing. So it's it, it ends up being the old guy versus the young guy type of thing. But but all of these guys ain't young guys. And, and it's not always a young guy versus old guy thing. When we were in Cincinnati, it was just old. Oh, it was a lot of old guys that just didn't want to fight and didn't want to argue and didn't want to have. They want no smoke at all. Honestly, the most smoke I got was in Pittsburgh. I had, I was the only Browns fan in that in that end zone. And early in the game, we were playing pretty good. So I was standing up. Every time we did something good, I stood up. I never sat down. As soon as we did something good, I stood up and was clapping and yelling, like, yeah, Browns, yeah, bro. So, of course, as the game went on and we started, it was clear that we weren't going to win. I had an entire end zone versus me. There aren't many people who are willing to deal with that kind of stuff. And I don't mean that they were trying to fight me. I don't mean that they were right, right, right. stuff at me. I don't mean that I was even being so belligerent with them that it was getting ready to be, it was never going to be a fight. However, they understood I'm here to watch my team, just like you here to watch your team. And I'm not sitting down. I'm not sitting on my hands. I'm going to cheer for my team. If I went to Michigan with this on, guess what? I'm going to Michigan with this on, and I'm going to stand, and I'm going to cheer. And I already know we're going to beat y'all because y'all haven't beat us in, uh, you know, a, a, a fortnight. <laughs> so, I, you, know, you know, but but getting getting back to 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 some to some uh, stuff, I, I I do agree with you that. There's a lot of folks that don't, they just don't embrace the hate, bro. And, and we're talking about football. We're not talking about actually hating people. We're not talking about actually fighting people in the stands. We're not talking about. Right, right. No, no. We're talking about all of doing dumb fun. Strictly on a sports level, on a fan level. Yeah, all we're talking fun. about, we can both, we can all talk crap to each other, but also buy each other rounds of, of drinks i've done that i made so much fun of this guy in in baltimore a couple years ago that i would remember the guy who wanted to catch up yeah I, right right i got sliders and this dude said hey man can i borrow y'all, y'all ketchup and i turned around he had on a, 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 a raven shirt i ain't even want the damn ketchup but because he said can i use y'all ketchup i decided to Take the ketchup and take as long as I could to put ketchup on my damn burgers. And nobody picked up on it. The, the first 20 seconds of it, nobody picked up on it until they just looked and was like, this dude ain't pouring nothing on his on his food yet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like once my man picked up on he said, Man, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and, and, and that's what I mean. It's like it's a ribbing, but it's a good nature ribbing and it's an honest boo i booed a lady the other day yesterday uh she walked in the place that i went to go get lunch at she had on the pittsburgh steelers shirt 
and she was with her friend. And I, I said, boom, right in her face. And the dude was like, he, he jumped back and the girl goes, I knew it. I knew it. I knew we shouldn't have came to a place like that. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It has to be a hatred. They need to feel like they can't just come here and everything's okay. And especially within the division, the Ravens, you are not welcome here in my city. You can show up here and y'all can have fun and we want you to get back to your hotel safely. We want you to get back to Baltimore if that's where you're from safely. Um, if you're from Cleveland and you were born and raised in Cleveland and you're a Ravens fan, kiss it and suck it. Uh, you should be disgraced. Same thing if you're a Pittsburgh fan that was born and raised in Cleveland. You stink. However, we, we want everybody to go home at the end of the day. But we need y'all to have some vitriol. We need y'all to have some frustration. We need y'all to have some anger. Like, go back and watch some old games. YouTube some old games and try to figure out why we don't like them. It ain't just because they're Pittsburgh. It's because they're Pittsburgh. What's wrong with you? Y'all need to hate these guys. Y'all need to hate the damn Bengals. Y'all need to hate. I, and Sean and I go back and forth about this a lot. Sometimes I ain't sure who I hate the most. It depends on the week. Every right. time I drive past uh, Riverfront slash uh, John Brown Stadium. Yep, I oh. said John Brown. I said John Brown. <laughs> Every time I ride past that dumbass stadium, I want to throw up. And by I, the way, Look, the Bengal Stadium is a dump. It, it is a it is a, a complete dump, and I'm not just saying that no, because that, I don't like them. No, it is that, that stadium is a piece of shit. That joint is a dump, man. A dump and a half. Yeah. Now Baltimore Stadium, I'll give you credit. It's not all that ugly ass purple. It's a nice, comfortable stadium for an outdoor stadium. They their their layout, their setup is 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 decent. It was better nice. than ours. No, right. our our stadium is not a it's not a complete dump. But our stadium is a 21-year-old kind of getting ready to be a dump. I hate the layout. The logistics of it is awful. And you realize now that when you look back on that, it was rushed. But that's another story. And we didn't got way off track. We got so real quick, points. man. Yeah, real so, quick. Let's go to the Baker Mayfield thing. Let's get into Mr. Mayfield. So I just want to I want to ask a question, man. So I don't want to seem like I'm you know, going too far or like I'm, if I'm, if I'm being ridiculous, folks, again, there ain't many people that can check me. So I just want to know, am I, am I being ridiculous when I suggest that Baker Mayfield should not be starting this game and that somebody, somebody, Deep Podesta, uh, uh, Barry, uh, Stepanski, AVP, some goddoggone body needs to stand in and say, nah, this ain't gonna happen. I and agree I'm, and I agree and I disagree. So 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 so, so, so the way so so the way the way you and most of the fans I think feels that you know he shouldn't play. And I'm and I'm going to assume is because 
you don't want him to risk further injury right now. You know, give another couple of weeks off, let let him heal a little bit more than go, right? Um, here's the perspective that I put it in. From what everybody is saying is that that left shoulder is not going to fully heal without surgery. So the way that I look at it, any point in time during this season, whether you run them out, run them out there this week, you run them out there next week, or you run them out there the week after next, he's going to have a you know potential to do more damage to that shoulder and maybe have something where he gets hit and ends his season. So I kind of had a feeling that he was going to start because Mary Kay was like, well, he's taking first team reps. Um, most of the, he was kind of splitting them, I think, with with Keenum. So I was like, you know what? He's probably going to start. Now, here's why I don't have a problem with it. Because because that shoulder is not going to completely heal, and it's on his non-throwing shoulder, it's not a knee, it's not anything that's going to affect his mobility or anything like that. My thing is this, either you, if he can go out there and throw and play, either you send him out there or you put him on IR and you shut him down completely and he goes and gets the surgery. And the reason why I say that, like I said before, because that shoulder is not going to heal all the way. So at any point in time, no matter when you send him back out there, it's a chance that he's going to do more damage to the point that maybe he, you know, can't play, maybe have a season-ending injury or something like that. And now if there's a case where that shoulder could heal all the way, then I would say, man, go ahead and put him on the IR for three or four games let Case run the offense and then bring him back when he's fully healthy. But he ain't going to be fully healthy. So either let him play, see what happens, or shut him down. Now, with this game here, you're pretty much going to know within the first quarter how that, you know, injury is affecting his play, pretty much. If he's not affecting, you know, after the first half, if he's something like five for – 15 and he's just not being able to move the football you can always pull him you know you can always you pull think, him you think they're gonna pull him that's what you think they're gonna do if he's not being effective they're not gonna pull him he ain't better yes, but go ahead this yes they would if he if he's playing just downright awful they will go ahead i think they would go ahead and pull him and let case play i honestly feel that I think they would, but that's that's how I feel. That's why I was like, I'm not, I'm not tripping, man. If he goes up there and gets hurt, God forbid, you know, so be it. I mean, anytime, anytime you play football, you have the possibility for for an injury. So, um, he's our starting quarterback. If he thinks he can go, the doctors say he can go. Let him go, and if he gets, if something happens, God forbid, then it happens. But I'm not going, I'm not tripping. It's like either way, man, he's any point in time you put that boy back in the game, he got a chance to get hurt with that shoulder. So that that's that's my thoughts on it. Um, and I and I just from a I agree. You he, hell, he could be 100 percent healthy and one shot can take him out. So, you know, that's, that's the nature of any sport, uh, you know, that's the nature of any, you know, no matter what position you play, no matter what sport you play, you're, you're one 
play one situation uh, away from it all being over with or, you know, uh, your health changing. So I, I understand that and I get that. Part of my frustration in this situation, yeah, part of it is get healthier, et cetera, et cetera. And here's what I mean when I say that. So he set out a game. He was trying to play last week. He tried to play so much last week on a short week after basically whatever didn't get torn prior to this week. Definitely got torn last week when he re-separated the show uh, against uh, uh, against uh the damn bears. Who the hell? Cardinals. The Cardinals. I'm sorry. So, really, really messed it up even more, right? We understand that that could happen on any play, whether it was already partially torn, whether it was never torn, a bad fall, a bad tackle, or you know, a hard hit, and that could be it. I get that. The problem is we know that this is a situation that is about pain management. Baker is not playing great when he, he wasn't playing great when, when he wasn't hurt. He's playing kind of mediocre. Well, you can't say that, though, because he got hurt in the second game of the season, though. Listen, bro. He, he was playing mediocre. And he got hurt. Everybody's playing hurt. Everybody's playing with something. He's playing mediocre. Not his. He's not a mediocre talent. He's playing mediocre. Look at his numbers. His numbers are middle of the road. Well, hold, hold on now. Now hold now, on now. Wait, hold on. Hold on. He's not doing anything <clears throat> that is so awesome that we gotta have this dude on the field. So here we are in a winnable game with or without him. I don't see the need to put this dude on the field to further put him in jeopardy of not finishing the season. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that this dude is the worst quarterback I've ever seen. I'm not saying that I need somebody to replace him. I'm not saying that uh, Case Keenum is the answer. What I'm saying is Case Keenum knows enough of this offense that if we can get Baker to the Cincinnati game, which I think is going to be a tougher game to win, by the way, and he's less hurt, and that shoulder can stay more stable because that's what they say is going to help heal that bone. It's keeping that shoulder still. And if you can get that thing totally healed, then you can play. And you can play without the, the, the stress of potentially tearing or breaking rather, not because the, the tearing part has already happened. But the breaking part might not be so bad because I know that that's worse, having that broken 
uh, <clears throat> your arm bone is worse on top of the tear. So I'm actually thinking preservation for this dude. While people are thinking I'm talking termination, I'm not talking termination. I think that what Baker, Baker is middle of the road right now, numbers wise and how the offense looks with him in it. I think a middle of the road offense can beat the Steelers. So let Case Keenum bring his middle of the road ass into the game. He gets rid of the ball quicker. You don't run a risk of hurting Baker. You can keep Baker. He can start. I mean, he could he could be there and then suit up. But maybe he comes in in an emergency. Because here's what I'm telling you. They ain't taking Baker out of that game. I don't care how bad he looks. They are not taking Baker out of that game. I disagree. Well, well, well put, put it this way. I don't know. Tore his, don't know. Either way. This dude retore his shoulder and reseparated it and went back in the game two weeks ago. They are not taking this dude out the game. They're not doing it. I don't, I do not agree with that. And they are not telling him that he shouldn't play. Kevin Stefanski has proven to me he ain't that strong of a coach to sit this dude down and say, well, nah. They, just him down. They, they sat him down last week? They didn't. Kevin Stefanski did. The doctors did. And this week, Kevin left it up to the doctors. He's not. Well, that's, what you, that's, that's, that's kind of what, what you're supposed to do, though. Uh, no, that's, listen, here's what I'm saying. <clears throat> Stronger coach says, no, I don't need you to do that. I can have a conversation with my quarterback. I know what you're trying to do. I know what you feel like you need to do. I get it. I dig it. But, bro, we got a bigger picture. If you hurt yourself in this game, here's the only way that I'll sit back and say that this was a success. I'm so glad that Baker Mayfield went out there for this game. If Baker Mayfield goes out there and gets the same basic-ass numbers that he's been getting all year, again, I'm not giving excuses. If you go out there, you healthy. Don't tell me about your hurt shoulder. You went I out there to play. 100%. There ain't no excuses. So, so don't come back talking about, oh, well, I, I did this and I did that and my shoulder, this and that. I don't want to hear it. If he goes out there on Sunday, the only because I, I think we can win without Baker. So winning the game ain't a win in terms of if Baker went out there and he played. So, yeah, that proved that Baker, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear we won and Baker did some basic ass shit. That's Baker needs to go out there. If if you want me to say that this was worth the, the I think it's an unnecessary risk. But if you want me to say that it was worth the risk, Baker needs to go out there on Sunday. And if he does, I'll be the first person to say, my bad, man. You actually went out there and you did that thing. He needs to get, uh, you know, he needs to win that game. He needs to be the reason that we win that game. His numbers need to show that. If he goes out there and does some basic shit, it's un even if he doesn't get hurt, it's unnecessary, bro. It, to See, me, I don't, I don't, I, I don't care about that. I don't care about that at all. I just don't I care about it a lot because it's unnecessary. You, but the thing is, though, the thing is, Ron, you you get ready to take a hit for no freaking reason he, when you're not. He's gonna take a risk. 
the rest of this season, but no matter what, no, no matter so, what you so put why him do out we there. Take a risk? So why don't we take a risk in a game that we might not be able to win without our franchise guy? We can win this game without that's our any franchise game. Guy. That's, that's, that's almost any game in the NFL. I think the Browns right that's now, not, man. Come on, bro. Stop it. Yes, yes. Any game in the NFL. Stop. It is. No, stop it, man. That's nonsense. That's that's. See, it is. That's nonsense, man. No, it's not. Wow. So, wow. so, 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 so basically, no. While any game is a winnable game, and we have professional players at every position, so yeah, anybody can be anybody on any given Sunday. We know this. That's that's an easy uh, uh, adage that we we all know. Any given Sunday, right? Cool. <clears throat> what I'm saying is, we're trying to don't. Here's the thing. Here's here's what I'm saying. This I think this is my bigger problem. You ain't played these dudes all preseason, but now you playing guys in games that you can probably win without them. So don't preserve nobody. Play everybody. In the fourth game of the, of the play of the, of the preseason, play everybody. Play everybody. That, that don't make no sense either, man. That don't that don't make sense at all. You know what? You know what? What else doesn't make sense? Playing this guy. In this freaking game, it just but, doesn't... But, 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 but here's 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 my point, Peanut. Though this is my my sole point. That left shoulder is not going to heal all the way, hundred percent. Period. Without without the surgery. So so if he can go, either 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 you let him go. Who's the, who who says he can go? The doctors say okay, it looks good enough, but it's a pain management thing. So it's oh, I can go. You think Baker going to say he can't go? Come on, bro. You can't sometimes leave that up to the player. So you know, no, hold on. That, that's that's that, that that's not my point. My point is you worried about him having a season in the end to that show. I'm not hey. I'm not worried about him having a season in the end. I'm actually worried about him. Let's say he goes into this game at 70 percent because he ain't hundred percent and he'll never be hundred percent. He won't he awesome. won't be hundred, he won't even be ninety percent. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I said he's going into this game at 70%. Correct? Correct. So you're looking at it the way most people are, because I've already had this conversation with a couple other people. Well, he's going to get hurt anyway, and it's already hurt. So it's just a risk. It's I a, didn't say I didn't say he was going to get hurt again. I, I, didn't, I didn't say that. That's All I'm saying is, is to, to do the way that I look at it, and we can agree to disagree, the risk this Sunday is going to be the same risk if you hold him out another week until next week. You said. you said what I just said, which is he's going to get hurt at some point anyway or potentially hurt at some point anyway. That's what I said. That's basically what you just said. No, I'm saying so that, that there's, that there's the risk. So what difference does it make if he goes this week and next week? But you said the risks are the same, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's what you think. You think that the risks are the same, but the risks are not the same because we're looking at who they're playing. This game is a winnable. Why put the dude out there right now when he's going to get or potentially could get hurt? And I'm talking about a 70% guy. He'll get hurt next week. He could get hurt. Next, he could get hurt in any game of the season. At any point. So, 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 so if you're not going to play him, just put him on the IR. It don't make sense. put him on the IR. I, just listen, sit them down. You can put them on eye, but they ain't gonna do it. They're not gonna do it. If this was his throwing shoulder, 
this this wouldn't even be a discussion. Of course not. Of course not. It wouldn't be a discussion. But it ain't just throwing shit. Which I was fine with a couple weeks ago when he was still going out there. But when I saw that fall against J.J. Watt, and then they brought, they sent him back in the game. So the control that you think that these guys have in this game and, you know, on the sideline, they don't have no control. Baker going to do what he want to do. So somebody has to protect this guy from himself. And somebody has to concern themselves with that. And I don't think that that's that concern. That's mostly what I'm saying. That's one of my bigger issues. My second issue is this game, I'm not going to say it's of it's, it's no consequence. I'm not going to. I almost said <laughs> it's of no consequence. It's not that. It's a divisional game. And it's a game that we need to win. But it's a game that I think we can win without Baker putting himself at risk. That's all I'm saying. I get what you're saying, but the risk, the risk is going to be there. He's risking risking himself putting on his seatbelt. I get it. I know that. But some risks are better or, or more risky than other risks. That's all I'm saying. This dude got the Walter Pipp uh, uh, syndrome. He feels like somebody's creeping over his shoulder, but you the guy. And I just need you to be the guy. I need you to care for your shoulder and care for your team. I don't want to see him put his team in a bad spot trying to be the guy. And I don't want the team to allow him to put himself at risk trying to be the guy. I think it's nonsensical. I think it's absolutely nonsensical to send this guy out here. Now, all I, I say because to me, if it's nonsensical to send him out there this week, it's nonsensical to send him out there next week. And it may be, John, and it might be. It might be. But I would feel more comfortable having him get some rest and let that heal some. Because trust me, while cartilage is already torn and already ripped up, Scar tissue starts to form at some point. Scar tissue can also act as some level of a barrier and some level of cartilage. Now, it may affect his range of motion, but who cares because it's on that side. What I'm saying to you is when I'm in less pain, I play differently because I ain't in the same level of pain. He goes ass out there and get banged up at 70% this week. Now he's at 65 to 60%. Next week, you think he ain't going to try to go out there next week? He is. And I don't think that Case Keenum can beat the Bengals. So I'm thinking, let's put our best quarterback. Why not? At his healthy. See, I don't don't put the Bengals up there yet like everybody else is doing. Because I saw some stuff. You know, they beat Baltimore last week. I I saw some things that they still need to work on. Like their offensive line still stinks. Like Joe Burrow still still running for his life. He was making plays, but he's still running for, for it. Like, yeah, Cincinnati's five and two. They're playing a lot better than um, we thought they would. They got some weapons, but fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not scared. Man, I'm not scared to any team. If the Browns, if... If, 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 if the Browns team 
on offense the way that they're supposed to and smartly, you can still be. Besides Arizona, the, the two game, other two games that we lost was not due to the offense. That was all the defense's fault. Besides Arizona. Yeah, we lost what three games, right? We lost we lost three games. But that was the game we was talking about. No, I'm just saying in general, you know, so no, what I'm saying is um the it wasn't it wasn't the the offenses fault that we lost those games. So and, and that's fine. So again, let me go back into the last game. So if it wasn't the offenses fault that we lost these games, that means that the defense has a deficiency, which I'm I'm okay with. I'm cool with that because I, I do believe that. I think that the defense has a deficiency, uh, and it starts with the defensive coordinator and the plays that he's called. But here's what I'm trying to tell you or what where my concern exists. You have a better chance of doing what the offense can do best with your starters and as healthy as they can be. That's why I keep saying maybe, you know, because I'm telling you, the first two or three shots this dude takes He's already at sixty. He ain't gonna get no. He's not. It's not really about healthier. healthier. That's the thing. Not, yes, it not, is. You, he's not, not gonna get any healthier, listening, bro. But okay. I'm listening to what you're saying. Oh, you keep fine. saying that he's gonna be no, healthier if you sit him out for a couple of games. No, that's fine, man. It's cool because we can agree to disagree. I don't. I don't see. I don't see where this is a is a positive for the team. And. You know, again, go Browns, and I hope it all works out. I'm not rooting against the Browns. I'm not hoping to see something negative happen. Right. I know. I, I know you want to see. Now, there, there are some people that are. They that, that do want something bad to happen. I'm, I'm clarifying my my position because that's not where I'm at. I don't see where this is a positive. I don't feel like when you know when somebody says, "Oh, when they said Nick Chubb is coming back," I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, all right, bet." When they said Baker Mayfield was playing, I'm like, man, what the hell? That's stupid. I didn't feel the same confidence. So, and I don't feel it now. I'm not going to feel it on Sunday. Well, 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 I'll ask you one more question, and we don't have to keep going back and forth. You know, it is what it is. No, we no, can agree to disagree like I'm men. Good. I'm good. You know, right. We can agree to But what makes you feel more comfortable with him going against Cincinnati? I said I feel more comfortable. That don't mean that I would. Uh, that it would be a better situation. Mm-hmm. I just said I feel more comfortable. Now you put so like Nick Chubb, one of the reasons that I'm okay with Nick Chubb coming back, if Nick Chubb would have came back for that damn Broncos game, I would have been pissed off. I don't think that that quick turn was enough time for you to sit down and really chill the hell out. Now I know Baker had 10 days. That was nice. A nice 10-day uh, plus 
What? A little longer than that, really. You know, you, you take really you take that. Because he was still out there trying to prove that he was healthy. So he didn't really, he, he did too much. Had you just said on Monday that this dude ain't playing on Thursday, and now we got Case Keenum preparing for the Broncos, because if you recall last week, Case didn't get any first-team reps because Baker was still trying to freaking play, which I thought was ridiculous. So that's why I don't believe that they're going to just take this dude out of the game. They can't even wrangle the guy in on a practice. Like, no, man, you're not starting. Somebody need to step in and say that. Save this guy from himself. So with that being said, This game is a winnable game, once again, without Baker putting himself in further jeopardy. Yeah, he can get hurt. Yeah, he can He can get hurt on any play at any time, anywhere, anyhow. He can play the rest of the season without getting hurt and then get hurt in the last game of the season or get hurt in the playoffs, and it'd be the same injury or something else or something totally different. So it's not like I'm oblivious to that thought. What I'm saying is, I I know I play better. I've played better without being hurt. When I'm taking a, some time to try to get some of that pain away, no, you're not going to ever be 100%, but when the hell is any player 100%? Nobody really is. You find out at the end of seasons that Tom Brady played with a serious injury that he had to get surgery for over over the end of the other season. Mm-hmm. But they didn't allow him to get those types of hits. We also didn't know about that kind of stuff. We all know, which means that everybody else knows. And me as a player, as a as a player, my competitive edge is I know that, that dude's shoulder hurt. I'm gonna knock that dude to the ground. I'm not gonna try to tear his shoulder out of the socket. But I'm gonna take a hit. I'm gonna take a hit. Uh, within within the realm of the game, I'm not gonna take a cheap shot. I'm not gonna, you know, try to put this dude. But if I get to this dude, I'm not going easy because his shoulder hurts. And the Steelers are notorious for that kind of stuff. Not to say that the Bengals ain't, because the Bengals are too. But what I'm saying is. If I'm playing at 70% this week, but next week I can be 80%, because what we're going to see on, on, on Sunday, what I expect to see on Sunday, is a very tentative, pressing Baker Mayfield. That's what I expect to see. I expect to see a pressing, tentative Baker. So I'm hoping that we just run the ball to keep that out of his like we have to protect Baker from Baker because Baker is one of these guys who's going to try to throw the block on certain plays. He's going to try to die for the ball or the ball. He's going to just go all out, which is going to further hurt him. And that can happen in any game. But what I'm saying is at some point, somebody has to be the goddamn adult in the room and get in front of this guy and say, no, not today, not this time. So Nick Chubb being out for two weeks, 
made me feel more comfortable. Now, had they come out, had they came out and said, nah, Nick ain't ready yet, I'd have been okay with that. But they let him sit for a couple games to let him rest. He still ain't 100%. You think that dude 100%? He's not. And I know he's not. However, they at least gave him two games to get himself to as healthy as he can be. And that's all I'm asking. I don't know that I'm asking something that's so ridiculous. I think it's retarded to put this dude in harm's way like this because I don't think that a team that blitzes the way that Pittsburgh blitzes. I know we got a good offensive line. And thank, thank God we got everybody back. But I don't think that this team they, these guys ain't, man, they can't wait. They look at their chops, and it's just a, a setup game. I just feel like it's a setup. And I would like to see Baker make it out this game. I would like to see Baker healthy after this game. But a hurt Baker Mayfield in the Pittsburgh game, and now we're 4-4, four and four, it's going to press even harder to try to play in the damn Cincinnati game. If he ain't to, you know, totally shoulder out of socket, and uh, all tore up and can't play. He's gonna try to show his dumb ass up again to play against Cincinnati. It's just a, it's, it's a, it's gonna be a revolving uh, situation. And it's, it doesn't have to be as bad as it is right now. And I think it's as bad as it is because nobody's getting in front of Baker. Somebody needs to get in front of Baker and be like, yo, bro, sit your ass down. And that's why I put that up on you know the Instagram. That's why I put that up on Facebook. It's dumb. I think it's dumb. And we can, you know, we can agree to disagree. That's fine. I I just don't see that it doesn't make sense to me. And I've tried, I've had it explained to me about four different ways. It it don't make sense to me. And just like me explaining it to you, probably still don't, don't make sense to you. <laughs> but, well, I actually, I actually get your your point of view. I do. You know, I'm just like, you know, again, my thing is because that shoulder is not going to heal. Either you let him play or you just shut him down because because he's, he's going to be at, you know, like I'm not even I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make it out of the Pittsburgh game. You know what I'm saying? But that does. But to me, it doesn't lessen the risk that he would take even in the Cincinnati. If he does make it out of this game, you know, he's still going to be at that same risk in the Cincinnati game. And then we play what New England after that, because that that shoulder is just going to have um, the torn labrum until he gets the surgery. That that's the only thing. It's like either either you let him play until he gets hurt, or you just shut him down. Period, and make him go have a surgery, and you set for the next year. But it don't make. I look at it. I just hope. Uh, here's what I hope, man. Again, go Browns. Um, good luck, Baker. My first, as y'all guys heard. My first uh, uh, key to the game was protecting Baker. Why was that? Because I already know this dude ain't 100%. It's ridiculous that he's out there. But if you're going to put him out there, y'all got it. The game plan has to be set up for this dude not to hurt himself or to put himself in further risk. So you know, let's see if that happens. And, and, he, and he does, and, and to your point, he does have to be smarter. You know, you have to make a business decision. You can't be diving at stuff. You can't be, you know, trying to do too much. 
um, throwing blocks. And if you throw an interception, you just run off to the sideline. Just get off the field. It is. <laughs> don't try to make a tackle. It is what it is. I agree with you. I agree with you on, on, on that aspect, but I think that's something he's going to have to deal as long as he's in the game. That's something that he's he's going to have to deal with the rest of the season, period. But and it is what it is. We'll, we'll see how it plays out on Sunday, and hopefully we come away with a victory. And like I said, at this point in time, I don't care how they win. I don't care about style points or nothing. Just go out there and no, win a damn no, football game. That's what he's winning. I don't care you about that stuff either. I just need – I need them to win, but you know it always feels better going into you know uh, we're, we're going down to Cincinnati and we're going to the Ravens and then we got a bye week and then they come up here and you know it feels better when those things happen and you got your team at optimal health. I ain't gonna say maximum health at optimal mm-hmm. health. You know, and I think that we could, you know, like next week against the Bengals, we could probably be at optimal health, not total health, not complete health, not ain't nobody hurt and everybody feels good about themselves. But I just think that we can be in a better spot, which at least we can start the game out better until he gets his ass handed to him. I don't think that we're at that spot this week. I watched the, the video of him throwing them first passes on, what was that, Tuesday, I think, or Wednesday? Man, that dude looked like, listen, man, <laughs> he, his arm, he was he was holding the ball. You know, Baker holds the ball here. This dude was mm-hmm. like, the ball was here. He was holding it more like this. It looked like he was struggling to really fire that off because of everything that needed to happen. Now, that was on Tuesday. Maybe he felt better on Wednesday. Maybe he felt felt better on Thursday. Maybe he felt better today. Maybe he'll feel better tomorrow. But I'm I'm here to tell you, whipping that arm around continues to cause inflammation. Just throwing the ball. Trust me, I had an injury to one of my extremities. Oh, I get that, but isn't that something that he's just going to deal with for the rest of the season, though? That's he's going to have to, but what I'm saying, and, and that's kind of why I was saying what I was saying, is if that's the case, it can't be anybody in the building. It can't be anybody in that room. It can't be anybody involved in game planning for the Cleveland Browns that don't have that at their forefront. No one including Baker. So the offensive line needs to be aware. Baker needs to be aware. The coaches and the game planning needs to be around Baker being okay. It can't be this. And this is why I said what I was saying earlier when I referred to what you were saying about uh, Stefanski being flexible. You got to get to a point in the game where you're like, man, I can't do that because my, you know, maybe maybe I need to, switch this dude out and bring in case for this play just to throw people off you know whatever whatever because maybe Baker ain't capable but you know you you got to figure out a way to do that and if you do it well enough early in the game for Baker's ego and his uh comfortability maybe that helps him if that happens like they used to do with the with the wildcat some years ago Mm -hmm. maybe that helps in certain situations, take some of that pressure. You have to, 
Baker's one of those dudes that's going to run through a wall because you told him he couldn't run through a wall. And he'll be bleeding and scabbed up, still trying <laughs> to prove he can run through a wall. Right. He's just, like, I, I'm just, I'm being real. He's just one of those guys. And I like that about him, but I hate that about him. Because I do want to see the dude successful, especially if he's going to be my quarterback. So I'm not rooting against Baker. I ain't hoping that Baker doesn't do well. For those folks that might listen to this, I'm not talking to you, Sean. I know you understand that. But for those people who might listen to this and think, man, this dude always trying to kill Baker. I'm not killing Baker at all. I'm actually kind of killing the, the organization. I don't think that this is a smart move organizationally. And I think that they need to protect their commodity a little bit better than this. Even if you want to get a dude, you don't want to give him 40 million, you want to give him 30 million, but you want you want to tear his shoulder up. It don't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. Especially if he could tear his shoulder up. Like the way his shoulder is right now, I, I feel like I remember how we used to make fun of Bernie because he had the rubber band. That's how, right. that's, what I feel yeah, like. yeah. that's how I feel like this dude is right now. He got a rubber band and and like some spit and a band-aid holding that damn shoulder together. <laughs> it's how I feel. <laughs> Pretty much. That, that's how I feel. But you know, I don't want to keep belaboring the points. Um again, go Browns. I still expect the Browns to win this game because if something happens to Baker or even if Baker plays, I think. Uh, we have what it takes to win this game. It's just going to get tougher playing the the, uh, the better teams in the division or the, the teams that are as good as we are in the division. And, uh, you know, we'll, 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 I guess we'll take it a game at a time and see what happens. Because regardless of what I think and regardless of how I feel, Baker is starting on Sunday, so I don't have no choice but to root because I'm rooting for my team and I'm going to root for my quarterback. So, Baker, you got to make it happen. And the team has to figure out a way to protect him, uh, period, and then protect him from himself. So hopefully. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, hopefully that's something that is being discussed. Hopefully that's something that is being talked about. That's all. All right. And just just two quick side notes. Um, The Atlanta Braves beat the Houston Astros today 2-0 to take a two-game-to-one lead in the World Series. And the Cavaliers just lost to the Lakers, 113-101. The Cavs were actually leading the, the game most of the way. They even had like a 12-point lead at one point in time. And just down the stretch, which I've been saying, uh, what happened is the Cavs, when, when they, you know, when teams are making a run and they're putting the pressure on, we don't have athletic right. wings guys to to sustain that or, or go get a bucket you know yeah. in crunch time yeah. um and that's so the Cavs played hard they they um, look better I like the way they're they being coached than a lot of us thought you know and uh I'm cool with that yeah they the, look much the, better the, than what people thought they were yeah the, the road trip that they're on is already a success they beat Denver and they beat the Clippers uh they got one more I think they go to Charlotte um I think it was a four game Charlotte trip. Charlotte Ladolfo uh, tonight. I was watching that game. Uh, they yeah, played so, in Miami. It was ter- it was right. terrible. That was a hard game to watch. Yeah, it was. So, but but the Cavs overall, um, like I said, you know, in our in, in our uh, impromptu Cavs preview, they're going to play hard. Um, I like JB as a coach. A lot of people don't. 
Um, I like, I see the way they're running plays. They're trying to maximize the talent that they have using their bigs, et cetera. But at the end, and I said, they're going to knock off some teams early that they weren't, you know, supposed to, which they're doing. But at the end of the day, the problem is that they don't have the athleticism um, at the, at the guard position or small for it. And they don't have any depth either. So if you have one or two major injuries, oh, yeah. oh, they, you know, it, it can unravel. But I don't want to sound negative. I think the Cavs are on the right path. Um, I like I like the Mobley kid. Um, I, Ricky Rubio has been a very, very big surprise. I know he's not in the long-term plan, but I think as a veteran, a savvy veteran, I think he's kind of teaching these guys um you know garland and sexton some things so i think that helps on that front and if we can just get you know in the next two years three years in the draft we can get some athleticism in that backcourt um i think you'll see the Cavs start to develop and start making really the, um, uh, a trajectory towards finally making the playoffs and being more competitive so we're on the right path we just need some luck we need some luck in the draft uh, also, I want to give a shout out to Kevin Love. As much as we've killed him, he's been coming off the bench, doing his role. He hasn't really been complaining or saying too much so far. Kudos to him because I didn't think he was going to do it. I was like, I was like, there's no way with his ego, that he's going to come off the bench. And well, he's he been got killed. I think I think he yeah. got killed last year, and that yeah. really, uh, I think that really probably brought him back down to earth. And he knows and that hopefully, you don't have a and hopefully he, he continues to play his role. And he does good enough where some team will want to trade for him at some point in time during the season so you can get him off my damn basketball team. But Because that sentiment has not gone away, by the way. I don't care what right. he does. I need right. that dude on my team. Him and those retarded uh, hundred, almost $100 million that, that he's owed. <laughs> I need exactly. him to but the, but but kudos to the Cavs, man. They played a tough game, man. And just yeah, down the stretch, game, trying to I watched. I actually watched uh, the game uh, against the Clippers. Uh, okay. This, this morning or the night or last night, something like that. It okay. was playing on. Uh, I think it played on NBA TV, and I watched it. So okay. Um, you know, everybody looked good, man. Sexton looked good. Again, like you said, they played hard. So I'm I'm just, you know, I'm excited that these guys ain't just rolling over because they could. And I like what I see out of Evan Mobley. I, I like what I see uh, so far, at least out of, uh, out of Sexton. Um, I think Mobley can be um, my comparison with Mobley is maybe like Jermaine O'Neal. Uh, um, I, I, I mean, I, I, and that's not an awful comparison. I'd like to see a little bit more elevated I, and 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 to, kind of towards what you're saying, there was a point in time where Jermaine O'Neal was really good. Uh, he, yeah, had year, he had about a two-year, two-and-a-half-year run where he was really good. Uh, but it took him four years to get to that point. And then he you remember he had the league. He was 17 when he came into the league. Right, right, right. I, I right. still think that he – somebody might may have beaten that record, but I think – at the time he got drafted, he was the youngest player ever drafted into the league at the time. Yeah. At the time um, he was, yeah. But if he can just get that little elbow jumper, 
maybe about a 15 to 16 foot jumper on the elbow. Consistent, a consistent um, elbow. Yeah, yeah, consistent something, you know, he he because he has the other skills and you can see he's learning, but he's averaging something like what 14, 15 points a night right now as a rookie. Yeah, almost a he's raw, and you can you can tell, you can tell he has no idea what he's doing right now. Like he's almost yeah. averaging a double double, and we kept guys yeah. around and paid them ridiculous money, and they was averaging single singles. I'm not gonna say no names. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, I already know where you're going. You know, they've been on. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, anytime I bring up, anytime we bring up the Cavaliers, Ron will find a way to take a shot at Tristan Thompson. <laughs> no matter what, Tristan Thompson has been removed from the Cavaliers for two years, and he will still find a way to take a shot at that man. No matter what, I'm as subtle as it may be, a, a subtle invade as that shot may be, he's going to take a shot at Tristan Thompson at some point in time. Okay, so so you wait. You just used two adjectives. You should have used three: subtle, vague, and true. <laughs> you know he's in Sacramento now. I did not. I was actually going to say, yeah. "Is he still in Boston?" No, I he's in Sacramento. He's he, he's in a purgatory of basketball oh, that, I was right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get ready to say, "Oh." He, He's in basketball hell. Okay? <laughs> they got a spanking brand new arena that nobody knows about. I didn't listen. I knew they were getting a new arena only because uh, when I used to travel, I, I know I talk about this all the time. I don't want people to think I just I try to throw that out there all the time. But I did. I used to travel a lot, and I traveled to Vegas a lot. And one of the places I used to love to go was Lolo's uh, Chicken and Waffles. And the owner of Lolo's is Kevin Johnson, the okay. former mayor of Sacramento. So he was telling me one day that they were getting a new stadium. And I was, I didn't say this, but in my mind, I was like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, 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 that's nice. That's nice. But literally in my mind, my me being me, I was like, they don't have no damn body. Nobody want to come see. So you just want to go to the game because it's a new stadium, not because the team is any good. I mean, they but, draw well. I mean, they, they still have one of the better local fan bases in the NBA. And the they still draw, draw well. Ain't nothing else happening in Sacramento. Like, no, in, terms of, like in terms of other stuff to do, just like San Antonio. Hey, what else are you going to go do? Right. But you know, but you know what's crazy about Sacramento now? Like after you know, they had their run with Weber and and yeah. Pedro Soyakovich and, and, and Vladi and those guys, and when they had what Bibby. Yeah. But after that, you know what's crazy about them? They never come on television. Everybody gets at least one or two national games, but they don't. No, I ain't seen the Kings play. Only time I see them play is when they play the Cavs. And and you don't know, you still don't really you know who's on the team. You still don't really know who's on the team. Not that well, they they actually have some decent players. The problem with them is ownership. Um, because they got rid of who was their coach a couple of years ago. Um, it's one of those hard-nosed guys. He actually had him on the right path, but he bump head, bump head with the ownership. They got uh, rid of him, brought in some bond. Uh uh Keith Smart. No, it was somebody else. It, it was a white guy. I can't. I cannot remember his name. He was one of those tough-minded, defensive-type coaches that actually had him on the right path. Um, mm -hmm. One of the reasons why the Cavs 
um, were struggling in the draft for a while because Sacramento had that pick that we yeah. could never get because they had to make the playoffs for us to get it. And I got, and I think like the statute of limitations on that draft pick is, is passed. And I don't think we can ever get that back now. But anyway, um, they got De'Aaron Fox. They got Buddy Hill. You know, Harrison Barnes is on that team. Yeah, Harrison. Uh, but at, man, Harrison Barnes this year is averaging something like 28 points tonight. Well, I was going to say, I think Harrison um, Barnes is their best player. He's the guy who's won championships and or a championship rather. And uh, he's the Aaron Fox he, is probably their best. He's he's bit more versatile than well. Uh, here, here, than here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. He's the, he may be the most versatile, and he may have the most upside. But the but the guy who people are saying to themselves in terms of like if I'm preparing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to prepare for De'Aaron Fox, but man, I got to stop. Like, if you can, again, it's 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 chess. So if I could take this dude and his basketball IQ out of the game and leave it up to De'Aaron Fox, can De'Aaron Fox win this game? And that's kind of how I think guys are setting that up because Harrison Barnes has been on a number of teams. Uh, he's again, he won championships. He's played bad. He's played good, but he's been in the league and he's been consistently that yeah, guy. He's been, he's been in the league for a while. You know, they, for almost 10, 10 years. Yeah, they're, they're in the position where Phoenix was about two years ago. Uh, true. Um, true. Yeah, they, they just need, they, they're, they're hmm. missing something. They need a piece or two to kind of get them over the top. So, you know, I guess that's enough for our Sacramento Kings conversation. <laughs> For today, but let's Never move on to uh, right. Let's move on to Ohio State really quickly because we have a big game um, this Saturday night when we play. What's Penn State ranked number twenty? I think they've lost a couple yeah, games. Yeah, they're yeah. number five ranked Ohio State Buckeyes against the number twenty Penn State uh, Nittany Lions at Columbus at the Horseshoe. The reason why this is a big game? It's a scarlet. Um, they scarlet out. Yeah, scarlet out. Yeah, they're wearing they're wearing some new uniforms, all scarlet for the first time. Uh, I think it looks pretty dope. You know me, I'm a uniform snob. Yeah, you're a snob, bro. <laughs> I'm a super uniform snob. I think they're they're clean, they're sleek. I like them. No problem with those at all. Um, the way the college football season is going right now, there's been a lot of upsets this year. Um, Ohio State is actually in a pretty good position where they can play make play their way back into the playoffs, which we thought earlier this season, the way that defense was playing and the way that oh, yeah, Stroud was kind of inconsistent, we was like, there's no way in the world this team is going to sniff the playoffs. But now you had Clemson and fell off. Alabama had a big loss. Who's number one now? Georgia? Uh, Georgia? Cincinnati's and number two. And people were people were questioning if Georgia should be uh, and Cincinnati, or excuse me, Cincinnati should be number two. Because they had a tough win last week. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they played Army or Navy. I think they played Navy. And it was a tough, like, it wasn't a cute win. So mm-hmm. they could have lost some ground, but Cincinnati's still number two. And they, and, and this is one thing I hate about um, the, the, the polls. No matter what Alabama does, they always are going to try to find a way to move them fools <laughs> Back up, like no matter what, like Oklahoma won last week. Granted, it was a tough game, and they still move Alabama back over. And Oklahoma doesn't, yep. doesn't have uh, any loss; they're undefeated. 
and they still found a way to move Alabama back to number three. Oklahoma and Cincinnati both had tough losses last week. So they, I, I, I forget, it was, of course, of course, it was uh, Feinbaum uh, who was, I read an article where he was like, yeah, so because of the issues on Sunday, yeah, because of those barely wins that Oklahoma and Cincinnati had, he felt like Alabama should move up. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way they won. As long as Oklahoma won, they didn't yeah. lose. And as long as Cincinnati won and didn't lose, why am I going to take them out of the and, second? And, and especially after Alabama had a bad loss to, to Texas. First of all, Alabama only dropped three spots. Alabama should have dropped after losing that game. They should have dropped to uh, behind the fifth spot. They shouldn't have dropped to no damn fourth. And, and this is why people have disagreed. I think you disagree with me on this too. This is why I root for Big Ten teams when they play out-of-conference games and bowl games because we need for the Big Ten to get start getting more cachet so we get more of a benefit of the doubt the way that Alabama's getting. Because everybody always, the reason why Alabama gets the benefit of the doubt because they always say they're in this tough conference, blah, 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 blah. And in reality, the STC isn't as tough as people give it credit for. It's not. They got a bunch of, you know, especially when you didn't add in Missouri, um, Texas A&M, um, who else? You got Vanderbilt, Kentucky. You got, and though Kentucky's playing well this season, but traditionally, they're not a football player. Right. Yeah. So, so they, they have a lot of watered down teams in that division too. So you need for so 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 in the bowl game when we play when Wisconsin plays Auburn or when Michigan State plays uh, LSU in the bowl games, I root for the Big Ten schools just to get that cachet up that yes we can play with the SEC too. Not that I like them, but we need to start getting our um, you know it's just, it's just a resume builder. No, so like, I, 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 I always understand. You why, see what I'm saying? I understand why people do it. I just can't. Right. I, I you know what? I, I won't even lie and say I try. I just can't. And it's not like I'm on the edge of my seat like Ghost Party. No, I know. But, but it's know more so, man. But I, I lived down south. I lived in Alabama for seven years. It was and awesome. I had to hear the whole time I was down there how um, uh, Big Ten schools can't play football. They're slow. Uh, they can't hang with the SEC, blah, 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 blah. And I got sick and tired of it. And they still think that, that even though we've beaten them on several occasions, um, Big Ten schools have beaten SEC schools in bowl games, it's still the same narrative. They're slow, they're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it doesn't help either that every time Michigan gets in the top five, they find a way to blow it. It's like Iowa. Iowa gets up to number two and then loses the freaking – you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that doesn't help either. So, so the Big Ten has to help itself. But I'm sick of that narrative that uh, the only the only football conference that that exists is the SEC. You know, I'm I'm tired of that narrative. Well, that's always going to be that way, um, and that's fine. I mean, until somebody else uh, steps in. Now, if you recall when we were younger, the 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 conference to 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 be a part of 
was the ACC. That was the up-and-coming conference because uh, it had Florida State, it had uh, Miami, so they were always, you know, back and forth. But you should be kind of, kind of spread out, you know, the difference now and nowadays, I'm not sure why. Well, I, got, I, well, I have a, a somewhat of an idea why. The traditional powerhouses um, are falling off, like the, the USC, UCLA. Um, well, I mean, there's a reason why they fell off. Yeah, Nebraska, those traditional powerhouses are no longer even like Florida. Florida's kind of, you know, they've been playing good the past two years, but even Florida fell off for a while. Look at Florida State. They're not any good. They've all fallen off, and a lot of it is because of how the uh, the power structures have, have changed, like money-wise, of course, and then how the networks have, have forced things a certain kind of way. So that may seem kind of contrived, but the truth is when you tell everybody every year the amount of money that Ohio State makes, and I love Ohio State, but I'm just being fair, tell everybody every year how much money football brings into Ohio State. Then you look at the draft. And you have a first round and a second round draft pick where, you know, close to eight dudes get looked at, if not drafted, in the first two rounds. Same thing in Alabama. Damn near every year, Alabama sets another record for the amount of guys being drafted in the first round. So if you're a young dude that's trying to play ball and Alabama comes knocking, you you probably gonna take that. You probably gonna answer that that door. So another once thing. Once you start players tip that way, it's like Duke in basketball. I mean, everybody who's the number one player in the country goes to Duke. Everybody every year goes to Duke. They don't go to Kansas anymore. They don't go to UNC anymore. They don't go to Michigan anymore. Now they're starting to go back. And so things are starting to shift a little bit, but a lot of that stuff is how people perceive the the national attention. And I think that's yeah. part of it. And the networks pick up on that. And there's money in that too. Right. And some of these kids nowadays too, um, you know, like USC used to get a bunch of California kids. Now these kids aren't staying home as much. Same thing with the Florida kids. The Florida kids is like, why go to Miami or Florida State of Florida? Well, I may have to wait a couple of years to play where I go out to Utah and start immediately. I remember I was watching Utah. One time Utah had like about four or five like Florida boys on their team starting. You know, so I can go elsewhere and I can play immediately. And now with the way things are set up now, you get exposure pretty much nowhere you go. If you're a good football player, yeah, you're going to get exposed. It ain't like back in the day when you would never see Montana boys who stayed on television. You can see those teams, especially with the local packages and cable deals and stuff like that now you can pretty much go anywhere and play and get exposure and um but like you also to your point that ohio state and alabama are just so if you want to go go to the league you know what i'm saying you're going to go to one of the top five you know six programs and ohio state is at the point now well how they don't even recruit out of ohio anymore if you really look at it you know what I'm saying? They're, they're kind of back to doing what they did with uh, John Cooper when they're going into California, they're going into Florida, they're going into yeah, New Jersey, like, like, they're going in everywhere. They're going everywhere. 
We yeah. got a lot of kids from Florida. We got a lot of kids from Texas. Mm-hmm. And these are honestly the best or the better athletes that are coming out, at least here recently. And, right. and that's 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 fine because you do want to you want to win ultimately. So if you brought in, listen, man, I'll at the end of the day, if you bring in a hundred million dollars, I don't care what you are going to say to me after this and not you personally. I mean, mm-hmm. just in general, the, right. in general, you, I don't care what anybody would say to me after that. I just brought in a hundred million dollars. So now I've gone from a, a an educational uh, uh, facility to a business. I'm yeah. a business now. I made a hundred million dollars last year. Not from tuition, not because we hit the lottery, but because my team went to the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. And and, and real quick, I asked Corey, because I didn't understand why, um, I was like, why is Michigan having, with, with, with their alumni and the war chest that they had, they may even have a bigger war chest than Ohio State. Why aren't they like what's what's going on? Why aren't they competing like they should in football? And Corey told me, and Corey, we've had him on the show. He's a Michigan graduate and alumni and one of the smartest people I know, period. Put me on a lot of game and different things, especially when it comes to money. Um, he told me that you remember when Michigan had that little scandal? Maybe was it about 10 years ago? I think I want to say it was under. It was. It may have been under Lloyd Carr. We got him out of there. They had some type of. Yeah, something went on, and they said since they, because Michigan is bougie, they have a certain reputation they want to uphold as far as academically. He said the reason why that Michigan is struggling is because they, because Harbaugh can't recruit like he wants to. Like they're they're still holding him to a certain standard with the guys he brings in academically. Yeah, so so he's saying they're not getting the five-star recruits that Ohio State and Alabama is getting because they have less standards. I said, well, that makes sense. I was like, because at this point in time, I know Harbaugh can coach. I was like, Harbaugh didn't all of a sudden not know how to coach. But it seemed like their talent level is just a notch below Ohio State where they can't, they they can compete, but it's not enough where they're going to beat us on a consistent basis. And I did not. I was like, I, I didn't never even thought about that. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, after that scandal, they start raining stuff in. It's like, no, we can't have this because this is not Michigan. We have a certain reputation that we want to uphold, and we're not bringing in certain, you know, certain guys to play football. And that may change going down the line. But uh, and well, so that's I, another reason why Harbaugh hasn't gotten fired yet. They say like, he's being kind of handcuffed in his recruiting. I would say that that is a typical response from. Uh, 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 of course come 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 with some level of an excuse our own asses every <laughs> single year man listen y'all brought hardball in there to win y'all the championship and if seriously if that is the truth that could be the the most ridiculous uh, situation where you bring in a guy that, oh, this guy can bring in all the guys. However, whoever he can bring in, 
We don't want them guys. You working to get rid of yourself. Like that's, that could be the most ridiculous. And, and I'm not saying it's not true. You know, right. I don't I know, know what you're You know what I mean? I can't say because I don't know. I don't have that information to say, oh, no, that's BS, yada, yada, yada. But if that is the truth, that actually makes me like Michigan even more. Keep it up, y'all. <laughs> please, please keep it up. Because, I listen, there's some things that make me happy for no reason. Do you see? For, look, I, I don't know that I smiled really all uh, show. I am literally <laughs> from ear to ear. <laughs> I am literally from ear to ear like this. Like, really? That's what happened? Hey, man, I hope every single year y'all have like a lunchroom scandal that you can't bring these guys in and hardball just keeps showing up and losing games to Ohio State. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with every pair of gold pants that Ohio State passes out on them damn pendants. I'm cool with it. Man, Michigan's undefeated, right? Uh, are they undefeated? I think they yeah. are. Yeah, there's they're some like 7-0, and something like that. I, I believe they are. I'm not sure if they'll be undefeated after tomorrow. Uh, I think that's going to be a great game. They, they're still ranked under Ohio State. Where's that game at? Is it in East Lansing or is it in Ann Arbor? Uh, I believe it's – I believe you know what? I don't know for sure, but I think it's in East Lansing. Well, let's let's be uh, certain. I, I do like to inform the folks. I think Michigan is going to win that game. I don't think Michigan State's ready yet. They ain't got to be ready. They just got to win that game. You know, it, and that's kind of what I was saying. It's in, it's in East Lansing. So okay. that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't have to be – you ain't got to win the the, the, the the conference. You just got to win this game. And this I think Michigan, Michigan yeah, State – it's, it's a couple of big games tomorrow. So there's another uh, uh, decent game tomorrow, too. So, But real quick, um, my battery is dying as usual. That, that, that's the new, not my new MO. No matter how much I charge it, what, where I sit at, I'm not in a position to have my charger hooked up to the phone. So now I'm down to to, <laughs> to 10%. So real we quick, we got to go. We gotta what, go. What, what's your prediction for the Ohio State-Penn State game? I think it's going to be a good game. I think it'll be... Uh, closer than our last two or three games where we've kind of blown the doors off of guys at certain points. However, I think at certain points in this game, our, our talent is going to overwhelm Penn State. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking, I think we're like 14-point favorites, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's more than that, but I think it's like 18. Was it? Like okay. 18 and a half. I know earlier in the week it was 14, so it may, it may, it may have gone up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. However, I, I do I do see us winning this game, and I was thinking uh, more of the line of, uh, around forty to twenty. So what I was thinking, forty five to twenty. I'm sorry, I said forty. Yeah, 45. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit more conservative. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go thirty five to ten. Ohio State. Uh, I'm still surprised at the turnaround. I guess. Points. Look, that's huh? still twenty points. Twenty twenty five. I know. Points. I know. I said with thirty five to ten. <laughs> I would be more conservative. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think Ohio State, once they discovered that we had, you know, two and a half, you know, really good running backs, um, 
that we used to rely on the run and which, which we should have been doing from the get-go. The first time I saw, what's his name? Mayan, uh, okay, why can't I think of his last name? Uh, you're talking about uh, the other kid. I thought, wait, why are you not talking about Master Teague, though? I said two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> we had two and a half really good <laughs> man this dude hate master t i don't get it <laughs> ah that's hilarious man, for one thing when he first started playing but they were saying master p i'm like did they really think like, his mama named this fool master p but they said yes, master man. t every so, time every time that fool would get the ball i'd be like i represent <laughs> like I, just, I just go straight into, <laughs> into Master P mode. <laughs> but, uh, you know, once they discovered the run game, which I don't know why it took them like three weeks to discover it. Well, I mean, that's because honestly, they were running, uh, to your point, to, to be fair, I don't know that they knew what, what Trevion was, was, was going to be. I don't know if they expected him to break out like he did. And I think they were leaning more on Master T. And, you know, we saw that last year when uh, when old boy uh, got hurt, uh, Trey Sermon. When he got yeah. hurt, yeah, man. That, it was a total difference in how the running styles were. Right. So Master T, while he's not an awful player, he's damn sure not as bad as Sean thinks he is. Um, yes. he's, <laughs> he, he's His running style is not what we're used to at Ohio State. We're used to guys like Trey Sermon, the kind of shiftier, speedy, uh, you know, 200 yards a game type of guy, not to grind it out in between a, the, the, the uh, guards guy. We're looking at guys outside the tackle, guys that can split it inside. We have guys that are multi-talented, and I don't know that Matt Fatigue is necessarily that. Uh, and this kid... Uh, Henderson is incredible. Where he's yeah, Mayan Williams is just the other guy's uh, name. Mayan Williams, Mayan Williams is, I don't think he has the vision that um, Travion has. Uh, I, I, no. I think, he's just, I, I, I think he's just as explosive, but no, but he doesn't he have is, the vision. He is, but I don't think he has the vision that, uh, that Travion has. So I think that's, a difference, and I agree with you. I think if they if these guys stick to the run game, and if they just if, if Ryan Day kind of gets out of his own way and lets the the run lead to the pass as opposed to vice versa, trying to force the pass down our throats. Uh, CJ's been playing well. He's been throwing the ball very well, like finding on different Agreed. levels. Man, this dude has been hitting the ball. I mean, he he hitting these spots. Uh, you know, Garrett has been playing well. Um, Olave has been Olave. Like, you're starting to see that offense be hey, quietly. Quietly, Ohio State has the best receiving core in college football right now. Easy. Like, easy. It's not even, I don't know that it's a question. I ain't, look, I ain't even know if that was a thing. Like, we had, like, we got to discuss that. No, we don't. We killing these cats out here. The only thing is, again, we got to come outside of certain boxes. Um, as we get into the conference championship games, into the playoff games, because we play a straight up game, we we still don't play the shiftiness, the stuff that we saw Alabama do with with a special kid 
we have a few special yeah. and we have to showcase them at certain points to push our advantage and at some point i hope to see ryan day you know uh become more flexible same kind of stuff we talk about with Stefanski. just be more flexible understand that there's way more football out there for us to play and for us to get better but if we want to win these games these big games and i think we'll win this game tomorrow like i said um but as we get forward into the michigan game into the michigan state game you're gonna to have to be a little more flexible man and it's gonna get a little michigan has a good defense and so does michigan state so we, we're going to have to show up when things break down, where do we go? And that's right. what I think the run game is going to be. So um, looking forward to, to that game, looking forward to uh, Sunday's game, uh, you know, the, the Steelers and Browns. And hopefully we come through this weekend unscathed, everybody healthy, everybody, uh, you know, both teams with wins. And we'll see how that how that but if this game goes the other way. I, I wanna hate to see Ron's reaction on Sunday. If I'm, it, I'm, it <laughs> my reaction, my reaction will be a lot of what you guys saw today. I you know, I've 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 lowered my expectations on things. So while I'll be emotional, I don't know that I'll be unhinged uh, as you okay. guys. Have, have seen in the past. Although, <laughs> although that, that does make for some new uh, TV, I don't know that everybody needs to see that every single week. So I'm going to try to reserve right. unhinging for something that's worth unhinging. <laughs> right. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Yeah, Once again, we want to thank all our listeners and supporters. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook at Two Guys in the Mic 216. You can catch us on YouTube at two guys on the mic 216 when you actually see the video of our podcast like and we're also on all streaming platforms we're on spotify we're on google Podcasts, we're on apple Podcasts, we're on anchor i don't know if we're on iheart yet i'm gonna try that i'm, I'm gonna see if we're on uh, i don't think we're on iheart yet on iHeart. okay i think we need to get our listenerships up hint hint I need right. y'all guys to come on in like listen uh, subscribe, comment, and all comment. Yeah, comment. Also, we on Instagram at two guys in the mic two one six as well. Go ahead, you know, and you know we post articles and different things from time to time. Comment, and we'll definitely respond. If you go to our YouTube page and you want to comment, you know, about anything that we said or challenge anything that we said, go ahead, and we will definitely respond as soon as we can. So that's going to wrap it up for. Um, it's, a, it's not necessarily midweek, but normally this will be our midweek show. No, it's a little bit later in the week. It's neither here nor there. But um, we will see you guys on Sunday evening after a Browns victory, after we kick Pittsburgh's ass um, and celebrate a victory Sunday. So, Ron, you have a good rest of your night. Have a good weekend, my brother, and I will see you on Sunday. You too, homie, man. Love you. Love everybody. Love you Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, and we will check you all out on Sunday. Peace. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us on Sunday after the NFL games for our next podcast. Until then, peace.